Childhood Ruined. I am one of your hosts, Michael Mallon, and joining me again is Chris Benefield. Chris, what is up? <laughs> that is a, a complicated question these days. Uh, but uh, no, just uh, sitting here with a glass of wine on the uh, tail end of Father's Day. Yes, happy Father's Day to you. Same to you. Thank you. Yeah, it is... I think last year was certainly my first Father's Day. Uh, right. My son is about a year and a half now, and everything was so new last June that Father's Day was a thing, but still didn't really feel real. You hadn't completely earned it yet. I don't know. Yeah, this one, <laughs> as one of our friends said, like you know, they're really kind of more like a pet for the first few months. Yep. Yeah, uh, but he is definitely very much a little boy, and I feel more like a dad now. So it, we had a pretty cool day. We woke up. We did a there's um, there was a 5K, an ugly tie 5K that we did in the uh, city in Minneapolis. So uh, it was. And, and I I don't care what other people said. Those ties are ugly. They are. My <laughs> wife, I had a Star Wars tie that's very garish that I was excited to wear. Mm -hmm. um, and my wife had surprised me this morning with uh, matching lightsaber ties. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she wore Vader's tie and I wore Luke's tie. The ties were awesome. It was lightsaber ties. And, uh, yeah, we had fun. Um, it was just really hot. It was like 90 degrees and humid. Mm -hmm. um, then we went up to in-laws place and did the whole family thing. So yeah, it felt more like a father's day vibe, which was, was cool. Um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of other stuff going on in the background, mm -hmm. which makes uh father's day, uh, just not the lighthearted holiday that it might be for some folks. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. What uh, what did you do today? I sort of kind of got to be lazy and sleep in, although uh, my son always gets up at the crack of dawn. So it was more dozing from that point because he, he doesn't even play video games quietly. It's As you know, it's kind of a full body aerobic activity when he's playing video games. So it's not the easiest to, to sleep through. Uh, and then my... I guess we're calling her ex-wife now, came over and uh, me and her and my son went out to lunch, had sushi at a local place, which was cool. Nice. Um, and what else? Not too much, you know, called my dad, just kind of had a lazy afternoon, took a little nap like an old man. Uh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> and just before you called, uh, I, I was, for some reason, sucked into the depths of the Internet, and I was watching like an hour-long YouTube video of Dead Mouse and Dylan Francis driving through the streets of Toronto talking. I'm sure those are <laughs> words, and they all make sense to some people. And, and actually, just before we started, then Skrillex also got in the car with him. So hang on, Emily's walking in. What's up? Yes, Chris and I are talking on the podcast. Would you like to say anything? My wife is saying Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay. Well, that sounds like fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure that the, the video was time best met, but it, it was more entertaining than I thought it would be. I'm just not quite sure why I ended up watching it in the first place. These are things that happen when you don't put your phone down. That happened to me a few nights ago. I was actually writing for a change for my blog, and I was writing an article, just kind of finishing up an article on just a D&D post that I was writing about just interesting ways to present story to players at the table. And it reminded me of an honest trailer for frozen. Cause you remember the, the let it go song. Of course. And there's some other songs in there. And there was this song that they say, like, do you want some exposition as just the only reason the song exists is to convey plot. And mm-hmm. it just, it just stuck with me. And then when I was writing this article, I used that for the title. So I went back and watched the Frozen trailer mm-hmm. for Honest Trailers, which right. was funny. And I laughed. And then I was like, oh, it looks like there's an Honest Game trailer thing through the same people, which I didn't know that existed. Yep. So then I went down that rabbit hole for probably a good half hour. <laughs> and I wanted yep. to go to bed, but I was watching the one for Skyrim's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching pretty much games that I've played because mm-hmm. I remember getting fed up with Fallout 4 and so I watched that game trailer and that sort of touched a nerve with me. I was like, yep, that's kind of why I stopped playing. Mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption, which I loved, and the Honest trailer was pretty uh, kind to that game overall. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just was like bouncing back and forth between different videos and it's easy it, just how that all happened. I was like, I gotta get to bed. I had to shut off my computer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, since you bring up Fallout and you know video games, some of the primary things we talk about on here, I, the uh, Fallout seventy six, right? So, yeah. Uh, Year I was got born. Me, right. Got me inspired to pick up Fallout four again and start playing, and. Uh, that lasted about six minutes. N- not not because Fallout isn't a great game, because I, I thoroughly enjoy it, but um, I was mid-mission on my last save, and I realized I have just zero idea what is going on. So I need some sort of, um, you know, like Fallout spoilers up to the point that I had reached in the game so I can remember what, what's going on before I try to keep moving forward. Yeah, I played that game... And I got through the beginning part, and then I think I got to, like, what's supposed to be Fenway Park mm-hmm. um, and met some reporter person, and I was sort of losing track of why I was doing anything mm-hmm. and the whole base building thing, which when the first when the game first came out, I was like, oh, this is fun. You can do a lot of customizing things. Yep. And then I saw online that people were building these mansions with pool halls and everything. I was like, all right, I'm never going to get to that level. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of one of the frustrating things about the game, though, is that you can do all that and, and people do. But it doesn't really serve much of a function um, in terms of the game. Like there were two different things that I did. Like at first, the, 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 the very first settlement, like your old neighborhood that you kind of start the game in. Sure. Um, as soon as I got to that base building part, I started like 
fortifying that and thinking about choke points and being very strategic, thinking that it was going to have to be like, you know, I thought it was going to turn into sort of mini siege defense against, you know, invaders. Mm -hmm. And, And it, you know, there's a little bit of that, but it just, you're not really rewarded for like thoughtfully making your bases. And in a similar respect, like I'm thinking about my people and like, you know, putting their little individual beds here and there and whatnot, trying to trying to make a nice little place for them. And then I go over to my friend Andy's house, and he is a huge, huge Fallout fan, and he's playing, and he has <laughs> like Slumlord is too kind. Like he has like a little cot thing like on every available inch and he just has people packed in there like sardines um to be efficient which well you know i'm sure was the better way to handle that in terms of like growing your your um settlements or whatever they're they're called in the game but yeah it just and that's actually one thing that i'm hoping not the second part, but the first part that maybe Fallout 76 will, because I, I know base building is supposed to be back, and so I'm hoping that it's a little bit more strategic and serves more of a of a purpose when it comes to the mechanics of that game, because that's definitely something I could get into. I think, and this comes to a bunch of games that I've played, Fallout certainly, Breath of the Wild, uh, Zelda, and even to a little bit, I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn now, which I'm which I'm enjoying overall. Mm-hmm. But I think at my speaking of Father's Day, I think with my advanced age, I need quite a bit of handholding <laughs> right. with my games these days. Which yep. Horizon Zero Dawn's pretty good, although I just got into a new area of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like you kind of find this settlement and they let you through, and then it's like, oh, now you can go west, like sort of this. Like Grand Theft Auto, like if you go a into new the, frontier has opened. Yeah, if you go into the wrong section, just all of a sudden you die unless you like. Oh, oh, right. It's not like that, but it just feels that way. It's like this is definitely a new segment of the game. There are these new machines that you have to take on, and to say that the difficulty ramps up is not doing it justice. It's just like all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Like, if you wander around in the first area, which is pretty big, you run into these different machines, and some of them are tougher than others, but for the most part, it, they're not that challenging to mm-hmm. survive. Mm-hmm. And then you get into this new area, and you have these birds that are flying and killing you from the sky, these other big, huge things that if you hit them with your spear or just your bow and arrow, it right. like you have to hit them 30 times. Whereas before you could just snipe something once and they would die. Um, so it's, I don't know. I'm like at a crossroads with this game because I really have enjoyed playing it, but I don't know if every encounter I want to have to take a few minutes to plan out, okay, how am I going to destroy this thing? It's, gotcha. And that's what happened to me in Fallout. I remember I got to a certain point where it was it wasn't even a settlement. It was just some ruins or something. And I went in there, and I kept dying from right. different things. I was like, oh, I guess I can suit up power armor, but that seems like a lot of effort. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I tried it a few times, and I died again, and I was just like, eh. And then I got distracted, and I've never turned the game on again. Sure. So this like, probably I... says more about me than game design, but I feel like it says something well... about game design, too. 
I mean, I have a, and I think we've talked about it somewhere in in these podcasts in the past, but I, I've frequently struggled with open world games, not because they're not necessarily good, but just because of that aspect and like moving the main story forward. It's not always obvious. It's easy to get, you know, bogged down in all these side quests and whatnot. And inevitably what happens is life comes along and I put the game down for a while. And just like I was describing with fallout, when I come back to it, I don't remember what's going on, um, which makes it really hard to then, you know, pick back up and move forward when you've lost the whole narrative that, and these open world games is often a little bit more loosely held together than, you know, your classic, you know, action adventure game that tends to be pretty linear. So I, I've I had some of the same struggles. In fact, Grand Theft Auto games, I've never gotten anywhere with um, for similar, but also like, a lot of times like the driving physics and stuff in Grand Theft Auto are a little janky and so I'll get frustrated with the fact that it's like impossible to just kind of drive normal and not constantly get into police chases or accidentally run over pedestrians and whatnot but uh, I usually mess around with them and just kind of the open world like doing the ridiculous things that you can do for a while and then get to a hard mission and get bored and then, you know, by the time I would pick it back up again, I have no idea what was going on and just have lost interest. I, I like how the Grand Theft Auto games are kind of structured, though, where there's some pretty clear ways to advance the story at any given time. I mean, yeah. you can just wander around and, and drive, but there's usually if I go here, this triggers a mission and you kind of know what you need to do. Uh, yep. And it's not like those games that the difficulty really ramp i mean it sort of ramps up but it's very I just, it's very gradual i do find though that sometimes in the grand theft and i'm not super experienced i'm probably like thinking back to like grand theft auto 3 at this point but i can remember still like the mission that i gave up on because you're you're basically supposed to chase down a guy and catch him before a timer ran out and just the driving physics and stuff it was really frustrating for me at least to to manage to pull that off and so I got bored and, and left it yeah I'm excited for Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out in a few months I enjoyed the first one so I'm sure I'll get that and probably finish it if I have time um, but which is basically Grand Theft Auto on a horse which is um they did a good job with that game, except for the, the very end. The ending bugged me. Yeah, endings are tough to land. Well, especially in open world games where you can do any number of things and sooner or later you just have to end it. Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, if we did a list of open world games that I've actually finished, it would it would be a fairly short list. <laughs> I always think they sound like a good idea, though. I always pick them up and get, get going and get excited, but... Yeah, the Horizon Zero Dawn really it started out very enjoyable. Um like it had a cool story and it's a female protagonist and there's the mm -hmm. whole hero's journey thing with her mentor where you, you kind of see that coming. Um where spoiler spoiler alert your your mentor doesn't doesn't make it. And then you're kind of set loose in in the world and there's missions and side missions to do and if I've kind of tapped out all the side stuff, at least that mm -hmm it is like in your menu where it says you can go here and do that. I think there's stuff you can just discover wandering around. 
Right. Um, like I said, but I, I thought it. I thought it was more linear that that game though, not so open world. Is that incorrect? No, I think it's definitely more linear. And the problem is, I'm trying to get to like the next part of the mission tree. Mm-hmm. That it's like go here and do this, and it's such a pain to get there because I have to go through this desert landscape of these birds killing me and these big huge machine bulls like it takes forever to kill them and because it takes so long it attracts the birds and the birds kill you it's uh it's not like i can just run in a straight line i guess if i tried to outrun everything but that seems sort of lame is it like final fantasy do you need to go to the one island that has like high xp for not that tough of creatures and just grind levels for a while and then come back I actually did that over the last couple of days. I just, I went, well, I went back to the first level and I was just wandering, I don't know, the first area. And I was mm-hmm. collecting resources and destroying things. And yeah, I think my level's fine. I think I just don't know, I don't know what strategy I'm supposed to be using and I haven't read up on it yet. Gotcha. Um, I need to figure out how to knock one of these birds out of the sky. There's probably people who have played this game who are just, they're just laughing they're just at you laughing. Right and they're like oh right. man he's so bad you're right you just so use this specific of, kind of arrow and it's so easy like yeah <laughs> speaking of being so bad uh i had the brilliant idea of downloading fortnite to the playstation oh no yeah, yeah that's gone well <laughs> are you getting crushed by 12 year olds <laughs> i really have not played it that much because um it so to back up a little bit, for whatever reason, uh, my son and I have started to watch Ninja, the really well-known um, streamer, probably the most popular. Uh, I think he's the biggest deal on uh, Twitch at this point in terms of subscribers. That's the one who Drake average. was with or something? That is the one that he broke like some crazy number in the millions of people watching all at the same time when he was playing with Drake many moons ago uh and he plays with like pro athletes he was playing with one of the twins pitchers when i was watching the other day um anyway but you know it's you know there's there's a reason that he's pretty popular like his um streams tend to be pretty amusing even if you and and he plays the game at a really high level like even if you don't play the game that much it's just impressive to watch him work and my son likes him so um, we've started watching him, which kind of got him and Will, my son, interested in Fortnite. And so we downloaded it for the PlayStation. And, uh, yeah, controller is not how you need to play that game. Um, I, I don't know how much you've watched it, but you have to kind of be doing a third person shooter and, um, also building structures, often pretty much simultaneously. I've watched. Uh, I watched my nephews play it for about three minutes. Yeah, and then they they said, "Here, you try it." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and yep. I think I mentioned this on Twitter. Like they they play it without the Y axis inverted, which uh, right. We got into the argument over this because I I do not invert either. Yes, which is I don't even know how you can function. Um, it's not a flight simulator, Mike. Listen, that's just the way my brain works. When you play in VR, you're going to turn the axis off so that when your head goes down, your view goes up. Listen, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you what happened. I'm like, 
<laughs> I, I like can't besides besides the fact that I've like never played the game. I'm not good at first person, third person shooters to begin with. And mm-hmm. then the axis was backwards in my brain. Like mm-hmm. it was it was quite embarrassing. And well, and that's a game that like so like when I am playing it, like I know what I'm supposed to be doing because I've watched this very high level player played enough that like I kind of know the basic principles. I know where some things are. I know what I'm supposed to try to build and whatnot. The so to jump into it and not have none of that knowledge plus to try to figure those things out would be just basically impossible. <laughs> so I, I died quickly, which you know, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I watched them play it, and I I mean obviously they knew what they were doing a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Like, I played, a, like, a year or two ago when Overwatch first came out. I, mm-hmm. I tried to get into that, and I I think I got fairly competent with one or two of the heroes. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have a ton of people that I knew online that played, so it was me just playing with randoms, which... Yeah, always super fun. Yeah, which is not a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know of people who are, like, some of the folks I've interviewed on my other podcast, like, who are... They kind of have a community of, of gamers that they play online with, and I know you've done that in the way back with Halo and yep. and some other games. And that stuff can be fun. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just a time issue, I, especially now going back to Father's Day with a little one. It's I have to pick and choose my hobbies and right. trying to master a game that requires a lot of time and attention is mm-hmm. not a priority. Well, and I was telling Will, it's like one thing when you jump into a game, you know, day one or very early on, and you're kind of learning with everyone else, when everybody else in one of those, in like a first-person shooter, knows what they're doing, they know locations, they know weapon spawns, if that's a thing, they know, you know, all kinds of stuff that you don't, like just the learning curve there is so high while... It's, you know, so frustrating because, you know, you wait, wait, wait to get in the game. You start and then you die and you're done and <laughs> rinse and repeat until you slowly get better. So uh, but I do think we're going to try to hook up keyboard and mouse to the PlayStation and see if we can actually get somewhere. Will played it more than me and one of his buddies was on there and they played together and he actually won. Uh, it was a huge, you know, team game. So his team, you know, definitely carried him. But it was kind of funny because um you know, I I tried the one time. I killed no one. I, I made it a decent way. Like wherever I dropped, there just weren't many other people with me. But then he tried it after me, and he like right away finds somebody and just kind of perfectly strafes and takes them out. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep, yeah. To 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 have young reflexes again. Um. But yeah. So Fortnite. That's you know. I I, I know it's. It's a thing right now and has been for a while, but uh, well, we, we had to give it a go. Well, that's like with Fallout 76. I mean, I don't think unless the reviews on that are just amazing and I, I don't know how they're going to balance out the super users versus folks like you and I who would have a chance to play it at most a few times a week. Like, I just don't know how that's going to work. Well, I mean, I think in different games, there's better and worse matchmaking for one thing. Like, you know, Halo, you could drop in. And as long as you didn't get the people that, like, were starting their third account so they could go own noobs again, you know, you were playing with other people that were just figuring out what they're doing. 
And I think Fortnite was doing that too. Like we didn't run into people that seemed super awesome. We just were at such a disadvantage because we couldn't build very well at all, which is a huge part of the game. So, you know, if it does okay matchmaking, it could it could be fun even if you're not that great. I guess I'm still more interested in the single player games. Like I've heard God of War four is really good. Um I I've gotten into Horizon Zero Dawn, so that'll take me forever <laughs> to get through at this rate. Um, if I ever figure right. out how to get past the damn birds. Um, wait, 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 wait. Okay, there you go. Nice. Um, so that's a game I'm interested in. There's a game that I wanted to check out on the on Steam. I think it's called Frostpunk. Mm-hmm. Where? What is that? <laughs> I had my uh, phone plugged in in case we wanted audio or something, and then somebody just decided to call me. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. um, which I think is this game where it's not it, survival horror. It's it's almost like The Sims, but like some kind of apocalypse has has wiped out most of humanity, and you have like you're like the last remaining humans and you have to build some city and try to survive. And mm-hmm. heat is very much a resource because there's like this nuclear winter. So you, it's all about resource allocation. Like you have to build up your city and then from time to time you have to make decisions. So there's a lot of morality involved, like <laughs> kind of going back to fallout and your friend who just sort of created a little bit of a slum, like, right. There's options of, like, do you force the children into labor because you get these benefits, but then it affects morale, and there's all these decisions like that. Well, we know which way Andy's going. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I just – I watched, like, a a preview of it, and it it seemed like something that would be enjoyable in a way because I've liked the Civilization games in the past – like the beginning of civilization games by the middle and end of those games it's just it's too cumbersome and i never finish but um i don't know still trying to figure out how to balance different hobbies yeah yeah that all of my hobbies are excuse me currently taking a beating i uh i don't think when did i i played some magic with my i used to we used to have like a monthly um, nerd fest with my in-laws and I did that I don't know three months ago maybe and I'm trying to think if I've played since then I think I did play a little bit with with my friends here a little, a little kitchen table magic nice but I uh, have not really made it out to store to play in quite a while and uh, aside from you know I I, I play eternal um pretty much every day if not every day for at least a few minutes but um yeah it's 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 been a rough go lately for those things well there is a lot that is going on that is not being discussed (laughs) yeah and i i don't we've kind of been doing this to our you know our many many listeners for a while um 
But uh, I think, you know, at least from my side, we'll we'll start to get into more of that. I mean, we could do it some today, but I, I don't know if, if the, the transition makes sense and if we um, have the time to really, uh, you know, start that conversation. But, I, you know, I think we will do it here in the next uh, podcast or two since, since some things have been resolved that we were kind of have been dancing around for a while. I already alluded to one saying my, you know, ex-wife. So, yeah. Yeah, and we're we're coming up on the one year anniversary of my brother's suicide, which I think I've mentioned on here before. Um, maybe right. I, we we know we definitely have yeah. in more recent ones. At the time, we we kind of let it lie, but so there's that, and then with uh, like some celebrities who are pretty high profile, uh, some other stuff with suicide has just been a, uh, challenging few weeks here, um, for, for a lot of folks. Yes. Uh, and yeah, me included, uh, suicide is definitely something that it seems to be a running theme in our lives right now. So, and, and oddly, you know, we started this podcast talking about it just due to the coincidence of, um, of the Chris Cornell suicide. Um, and so I, you know, I hope this isn't turning into a podcast about suicide, but uh, we'll definitely be um, talking some more about it in, in some of our upcoming episodes, which I hope that we'll start to do again, like at least weekly and maybe keeping them a little bit shorter um, and just kind of doing what we're doing now, talking a little bit more off the top of our head and yeah. See where it goes. So I, I can totally change subjects on a kind of a silly uh, topic. Sure. Um, so my internet went out on Friday. Right. Um, just all of a sudden, no idea why. I like reset the modem, reset the router, and it's not like I'm too technical with all this stuff. Usually that works. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I call my internet provider. They try to do a bunch of stuff remotely. I'm on the phone for 40 minutes on a Friday, which night, which is exactly how I want to start my weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, "Well, we have to send someone out on Sunday." It's like, okay. So they send. Uh, so I haven't had internet for the past two days, which really isn't that big of a deal because everybody has internet on their phone, so it's not like it's the end of the world for me. Right. Um, so guy shows up today while my son's napping. Thankfully, the doorbell didn't ring up, didn't wake up my son. So that was good. He shows up. He's like, yeah, man, your internet's working from what I can tell. Uh, like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so it's one of those things like when I – if I have to go take my car in to get worked on, they could they could just literally tell me anything. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, sure, fix it. Like I just – I hate that feeling of inadequacy and – Naivety, I guess that's just being being unknowledgeable about something. It's just the worst. So, right. And so this guy is probably about a good 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm asking him, like, well, what do I do? Like, he's like, well, it looks like your your router's kind of screwed up. And he's like, since it's your since it's your device, like, I can't I can't fix it for you. Like, it's not a product of our company uh-huh. so i'm like a little bit of a roadblock here and i'm like okay well if this guy leaves like we're just not going to have internet <laughs> I just, 
So I'm like <laughs> killing this guy with kindness and just asking questions. I'm like, all right, what would you do? Like, what what do I need to do here? He's like, well, if you had a laptop with an Ethernet cable, then we can just kind of hardwire it. And so anyway, we're going back and forth. And my computer is downstairs, but it's only hooked up to my router through Wi-Fi, which probably isn't ideal, but that's just the way it is. Uh, mm-hmm. And on my floor, which is right next to me because it's where I'm doing the podcast, are some D&D books. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, fifth edition. I, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, we, we play D&D sometimes. So now I got the guy hooked in. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, Is he listening right now? Maybe. I don't know. Like, thank you, <laughs> sir, for because now I have internet. Um, mm-hmm. So we start talking about D&D. He's like walking me through how to reset the router, which is really not something he needs to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And anyway, long story short, he sets me back up and – now I'm up and running again. Uh, but it was just like a good half hour of me feeling just like completely childish, like <laughs> just not knowing what to do. Right. Good times. Yeah. I, the, uh, I, I, I always figure them out with these things, but I'm not, it's not super intuitive and kind of like this audio setup enough time goes by between each time that I do it, that I kind of have to figure it all out. Well, again, whereas our children are just going to do this, like, you know, a fish in water, like they're going to be so immersed in all this. that. Well, and Friday, if I would have just said like, oh, I should just factory reset the router. That's probably the problem. Like Mm -hmm. maybe I could have figured it out because I did. Google Google could have helped you there because I did that. I mean, I set up the router when I first got it, but that's Mm -hmm. well over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was just, again, not how I wanted to spend the middle of my Sunday. <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Um, there was something else that I was going to ask you about that was sort of related to this. Um, but I'm, I'm blinking on what it was. Oh, I know what it was, but I, I should have mentioned it to you ahead of time. Cause I don't know how familiar you are you are i don't know if you're aware of it at all or if you have any reaction to it so maybe we'll we'll mention it now and if you say oh yeah we'll talk about it and if you say huh then we'll shelve it for the next time this is but, quite the build-up <laughs> yeah sorry uh i you know was um kind of bummed over the weekend to see the, did you see the chris hardwick stuff over the weekend i I read most of I think it her name's Chloe Dykstra. Yeah. I read most of her article. I was kinda of going through it and then something happened and I got distracted and kind of skimmed through the rest of it. Right. But and I'm I, aware I mean, I'm aware of the situation. Okay. Yeah, and at this point, like it's difficult to be shocked by this kind of stuff coming up for anybody because we have definitely uh, I say we, I'm not involved in the entertainment industry, but it has definitely um, created a, you know, pretty deep rooted system here that uh, I think we're still kind of scratching the surface of. So I wasn't surprised, but it, it you know, as a um, self-described nerd who, you know, I, I didn't remember watching him. He used to come on a the show that was on, well, first it was Tech TV and then it was G4 Network. There's a show called Attack of the Show. Because it was him and Olivia Munn. 
Well, he wasn't the original host. He did host it sometimes later on. But yeah, there there's another person in Olivia Munn. And right. Olivia Munn was certainly one of the reasons that I w- watched the, the show. But, um, you know, it was it was an entertaining show. And originally he would just come on as the Nerdist guy and he would do like tech reviews. He would like review you know some piece of tech and whatnot um and then he started like sometimes hosting the show maybe he eventually took over as a full-time host for a while i don't i don't know um as the years went by and that network eventually went away and i you know i watched uh talking dead a lot when uh you know i was watching walking dead and uh he's just somebody that i've enjoyed stand up and whatnot so i was uh I mean, I, I get it. They're allegations, but uh, I was pretty bummed to see that. And then also to see a lot of um, other people in the industry kind of responding that they were sort of well aware of some of these things and also bring up, you know, pretty, according to them, pretty well known racism behind the scenes. And, um, you know, just bums me out to have somebody that from afar just seemed like kind of a just down to earth fun funny guy and have this whole whole deal come up once again i don't know if you had thoughts i have a lot i'm trying to figure out where to start and because i've i've talked about this a little bit with my wife um we were i think during our 5k today i think it it came up as a topic Uh, Mm -hmm. and i think just fandom right now is in a bad place um, mm-hmm. and most recently just, you know, I'm a huge star Wars fan and have been my entire life, but there's big, well, I don't know how big they are. I think the internet kind of makes minorities quite vocal, which is its own problem. Um, mm-hmm. but like there's a block of fans who are just like actively trying to, I mean, kind of emotionally abuse, certain actors in the film, certain certain writers of the books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a pretty prominent Star Wars podcast that has, like, made it its mission to kind of go after this one author because the author Mm -hmm. called out some of this really toxic behavior that, Mm -hmm. and just sticking with Star Wars, like, they've forced an actress off i mean they forced she's decided not to put up with this stuff so like closed her social media account uh right i saw that that uh, story as well it's not just star wars i think 11 from uh millie bobby brown from stranger things recently got off social Mm -hmm. media because people are unkind and abusive Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like we're a part of that, even though we obviously don't engage in any of that behavior, but mm-hmm. we're part of that ecosystem. And I'm trying to get my wrap my head around what to do about it besides we're nice people, we don't treat people that way, we don't really hang out with anyone who treats people that way. If we see right. that kind of behavior, I think we call it out as such. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, like we're part of that culture. And- so, I mean, and maybe this is kind of getting at what I have been thinking about and talking about a little bit with friends over the weekend. Because, um, yeah, again, the Chris Hardwick stuff is allegations like, you know, it doesn't look great for him. But, you know, 
it is still just kind of allegations at this point. So I don't want to like go too far down the road of exactly what happened there, but it led to a discussion of just exactly what you're talking about. This sort of toxic underbelly of a lot of these different areas of sort of quote unquote nerd culture, but it's not even the underbelly anymore. Well, but I think that it is because I think, again, as you said, the Internet gives a megaphone to people that um, otherwise, you know, you know, I don't I don't feel like they represent a a majority for sure. Um, Maybe in different things, they represent a significant minority and some things. Maybe it's a very small minority that's just very vocal. It's it's hard to know um, exactly. But. My question for you is just kind of what do you have any idea about where that comes from or why that's a thing for these, uh, you know, particular sets of interests? Because to me, just on the surface, um, when you have grown up kind of embracing some things that some people kind of look down their nose upon, like that is an aspect of why I tend to be more open to all different kinds of people and their interests and their beliefs, their whatever it might be. Um, but it doesn't seem to work that way for a lot of these people. And I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't quite understand why. Do you have thoughts? I have thoughts. I don't know if they're really intelligent, but I have thoughts (laughs) and I have a hard time not merging it with just a lot of the political climate lately and just the tribalism that has really fortified in the past, certainly the past like two years, but even going back before then, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, I've been reading a lot about stuff about this and uh, yeah, if I had like a little bit more free time, maybe I'd organize it a bit more, but um, yeah. I, I think the internet is a really fantastic tool and it still just boggles my mind like if you had a a modern day cell phone when you were 16 Mm -hmm. like just think how different your life would be right i mean it's just it's straight out of dick tracy to you know think of that time of like i have a pocket computer that i can watch movies on and I mean, at any given moment of any given day, and I actually work with my clients about this with like improving sleep. Um, mm-hmm. Don't don't have your cell phone next to your bed because mm-hmm. if you know you're tossing and turning for five seconds, it's like oh well, let me just look at my phone, and you can look, you can communicate with anyone really in the world by voice, text, video. You can watch a movie. You can play a game. You can read about pretty much anything there is to read about. It's absurd. Like it's just, it's always on, and Twitter is oh, and things like Twitter are always updating, and mm-hmm. it's just relentless. And mm-hmm. and I think in theory, all that information is is a good thing, but mm-hmm. it's way too easy to cultivate what you see, and it's way too easy to just find your own little patch of people that think like you, that possibly look like you, that talk about things the same way that you do. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have to interact with other people, which is 
not healthy. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of unrelated, but I was talking to my wife the other day and like our, you know, our son's now to the point where he's toddling around. He's, you know, walking, running, falling down, doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had him out front and just with Minnesota, like it was a late winter and then it was a really wet spring. And now all of a sudden it's summer. Like we just haven't been outside that much. Mm-hmm. So we were out front and it was just weird. Like it was just, I've lived here in my house for you know a fair number of years. I know my neighbors. I've never been in any of their houses. They've never been in mine. Like we're friendly, but like it wasn't that way when I was younger. And maybe that's just a me thing, but I think that's a mm-hmm. a thing that's just more common now. I think people are just in silos. And with fandom, yeah. with fandom, I think people are just angry. Like they just want they want things to be a certain way, and when it's not, it's like all or none. I think this Hardwick thing's a, like yeah, what what is alleged in that um, post is is awful. It's terrible. It's totally unacceptable. Right. And yep. I don't know if it's true or not. I I have no reason to doubt the person who wrote it would write that for any other reason than just like she said, to have some closure and put this out there. But it's kind of like immediately you have to be, all right, Hardwick's done. Mm -hmm. There's no gray area. There's no, well, is this true? Or is there any kind of supporting evidence of this? It's just like, no, he's done, which, again, I get, like, totally. I I don't have any strong feelings of fandom for that guy, certainly less than you. Uh, Right. But everything's black and white, and it's certainly that way with politics where there's no room for compromise. There's no room for discussion. There's no room for gray area. It's just like, nope, that's not my team. Screw that team. I'm going a different way. And that's rewarded. And so it just creates these poles that are complete opposite of each other, and it's just – it's not good. It's not fun. Yeah, no, I agree. Although, well, I mean, you're bringing up a lot of things and this could devolve into like a four hour conversation if we if we let it. But I your guess, fun, you know, a couple fun of, podcast about nostalgia gaming and other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you're you're hitting on a, like a, a a couple of things that for me personally, I've been thinking a lot about lately, which one is how, you know, I feel like people need a lot more community than most people are getting right now, myself included. Um, you know, there's studies out there about, um, how people live longer in places where they, you know, some places like rural Japan that still have much more of a local sense of community, like people just live longer under those circumstances, which doesn't surprise me. So that's one thing that it made me think of, but two, you know, you're talking about that sort of tribalism or black and white. And I, I feel like one aspect there to that is that, um, whether it's a deliberate thing or just a natural thing that happens in our society, because it's fairly easy to do and it, um, generates interest and opinions and whatnot is I feel like we are very much being driven into that way, almost in this sort of divide and conquer um, 
absence of that, as in um, when people are more focused on their differences rather than their similarities, which even if somebody is a staunch Republican, for me, uh, we still tend to have more similarities similarities than we do differences, um, which is just another thing that you were making me think of. I've actually been reaching out to some people and having these conversations just in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, but part three of what you were saying there that uh, that I still don't completely understand is – you're talking about people being in their own little silos, kind of in their houses, not outside, not meeting people, but being involved in some sort of community, fandom, whatever you want to call it, should be bringing different kinds of people together, right? Like people that like Star Wars is a pretty diverse group, <laughs> you know, and it feels like that should bring those people together. Um and maybe and and maybe in large parts it does, but it's still it's a curious thing to me that say because I've experienced some similar things in the magic community. I know I know of all kinds of you know there was the whole GamerGate thing for um, you know video games and whatnot. It, it just it doesn't seem like that's always happening, and I'm not quite sure what that's about for our nerdy communities. Well. We are both privileged white males in our sure. in our forties. Yep. And there's a there's a good saying that I don't know the origin of it. I've seen it in a few different places, but um, it basically the gist is equality feels a lot like oppression when you're used to privilege. And I think that just sums up a lot of what's going on, that this greater understanding, this greater kind of societal empathy for diversity in all forms, whether it's sexual identity or um, race, religion, um, globalism, all this stuff that is new and different. And I think people just want their thing and want it to be their way and don't yeah. want to have other people participate in a, maybe a different way or have the thing they care about made instead of 99% for them. Maybe it's only like 85% for them. Um, mm -hmm. But so, you know, to carry my line of thought though, so, you know, nerdy is the new cool now. Like, I don't feel like there's maybe the same stigmas on some of these things as there were when you and I were growing up. But let's just take people our age and, you know, around our age as examples. If you grew up liking things that sort of um, say, you know, you you're in high school and you you love D&D &D and whatnot, but that's kind of something that's not cool. You kind of feel like an outsider. You feel like you struggle for acceptance for liking these things. It always seems odd to me, and I've seen it in other areas too, um, that that doesn't turn into or doesn't always turn into like empathy for other people that feel like outsiders, you know, whether they're coming to your community as a person of color or, uh, you know, different sexual identity or whatever. Like, it's strange to me that people struggle with that so much. 
or that your hobby would choose to portray somebody like that. And that's going to be a big deal to you as someone that has experienced that outsiderness yourself. Like that's just not something that ever happened for, for me. Like, a, you know, that's a big part of my identity and why I am open is, you know, experiencing some of that. But, and it, I, I don't know. I just, I don't quite understand why there is kind of this, again, just what I just this ugly underbelly to to so many things that I really love and enjoy of just people being pretty awful to other people just because they wanted to have a Asian person in a movie or <laughs> you know like it's I I just find it really con- confusing. Yeah, and it's just a lot of the conjecture and communication and everything. It's it's text based online, which is. Mm-hmm such a bad way to communicate and mm-hmm. I, I know this from research i did 15 20 years mm-hmm. ago um you lose so much nuance there's no nonverbal cues to communication so it's just mm-hmm. really easy to misread or take something the wrong way or you can't exactly express yourself the right way and everyone's sort of just looking to win an argument <laughs> online. Sure. Um, I mean, it even happens to me if I'm writing something about like Hearthstone or on Twitter and not even having a, uh, an argument about it, but it's interesting how if you write something and somebody writes something back, like even just this little interaction can become, I don't know, it's not toxic, but just sort of heated. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm just making a point and I'm happy to have a conversation, but trying to have a conversation on Twitter is not that useful. (laughs) It's just not. And same with text messages. I I say this with some of my clients, like they'll be talking about how they're talking to somebody really important in their life. And I'll have to clarify. I'm like, are you actually talking to them or are you texting? And I'll say, Oh, well I just, I've been texting. I was like, well, it might right. be useful to have a face-to-face conversation. I just don't know how many face-to-face conversations are happening with these people. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. toxic Star Wars person, how often are they having a face-to-face conversation with somebody who doesn't think the same way they do? I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't think it's often. And mm-hmm. same thing with, quote-unquote, social justice warrior star wars fan Mm -hmm. um how often are they having face like meaningful face-to-face conversations with people who think differently i don't know and i'm not trying to put them in a false equivalent like they're not like Mm -hmm. i certainly side more with the quote-unquote social justice warrior star wars fan um no but there's a similarity and this is true in politics too of you know, there's a lot of yelling, a lot of anger, a lot of not really. I don't want to make it sound like I think a person who's being blatantly sexist or racist really has a point. I mean, that there's anything legitimate to me about that. But there's still another human being, and that's still coming from a place, and you can still sort of approach that with some empathy about why they're feeling the way they do that kind of helps you maybe get somewhere with a person like that. And, you know, both sides uh, of, say, of the political debate where 
it's a little bit more gray, like, you know, quote unquote, right or wrong. You know, there's just there's a lot of yelling and digging in and my team versus your team versus, again, sort of embracing that commonality, which, you know, for for most human beings is greater than their their differences. You have to find a pretty out there person that I can't find any number of commonalities with and things to talk about it as a starting point. In fact, it's making me think of there's a documentary about a guy um, who it's a he's a black guy. He's a musician, but he goes around meeting with people that are in the clan face to face and talking to them about it and sort of reaching some common ground. Have you ever seen this guy? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't know no, his name. I haven't seen it, and but I, I think the I think the frustration is why should I not me, but like folks who are very liberal, very progressive, like why mm-hmm. should I tolerate or try to listen to somebody who is blatantly trying to be oppressive in some way? Like why why right. is that something that has to be listened to? Instead of that just has to be a mindset that needs to be stopped out. And so I think but there's there's a lot of different people in what you just said. Right. Like there's the actual, say, leader that's the oppressor. I don't I don't really think that ever needs to be tolerated or talked about understanding them. But then there's the people that supported that person. And. If we're just going to paint them as being morons or jerks or, you know, whatever, I don't feel like that really tends to get us anywhere. Because, you know, ultimately, most of these people are human beings. They they have friends. They have families. You know, <laughs> they may say or do some reprehensible things or at least tacitly support them but you know we all have families we all have that crazy uncle that gets drunk on thanksgiving and says some really inappropriate things but they're also your family like you probably still love that uncle do you know what i mean yeah i i think it's just i mean we we extend that grace to people and like in our families or like i went to high school with this kid like you know yeah he's kind of a loud mouth idiot about this but we go way back you know like we do extend that to some people in our lives but like when it's you know obviously when it's somebody on the internet like you're not incentivized to to do that which is is understandable given the format but i do think within that is sort of some of the problem here which is like we don't what you were saying like we don't connect with each other as human beings like if you have a neighbor that sort of feels that way but they get to know you and whatnot like people just sort of naturally start to soften their positions and grow from that but i also think with facebook it's like this false sense of closeness um Mm -hmm. and like you said like the whole everyone says like oh yeah everyone has like the uncle or whatever but like before it might be the only time you hear about that is like around the thanksgiving table when someone's had a few too many and like Mm -hmm. they get into it and Mm -hmm. now it's like nonstop. it's 
<laughs> it's, right, it does get fatiguing. It's just like I, but I, I hear say- from like, oh, this is a cousin who, oh, that's just the sort of things they post or, you know, my right. wife's aunt. And I'm not talking about anyone specifically, but I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you no, kind of hear more from people who maybe before social media and everything, like you wouldn't talk, you wouldn't really hear from all that much. And it's mm-hmm. like you hear from them, but not really. Like you see into their lives, you kind of see what's important to them. You see maybe a sense of their values. You make a lot of judgments right. about that, but you're not really having many more conversations with them. It's just weird. No, not necessarily. Although, you know, despite the drawbacks of the medium of, you know, messaging or texting with someone, like, you know, I spent years in an online gaming community and there was a pretty wide range of people. And there are some people that definitely had views that are pretty diametrically opposite to mine when it comes to things like politics or religion. In fact, that forum had rules about not talking politics and religion, but, you know, it would happen sometimes. Um, but I've managed to have like actual conversations with people through posting boards or you know facebook messaging or texting where the needle does move like where you can reach some common understanding so it's not impossible to do these things well and maybe to bring it back to kind of the earlier topic we were talking about it's just a lot of work it's uh yeah work, it's work to listen it's work to have empathy mm-hmm. it's work to take the time to not just shut someone out for right or wrong, but to mm-hmm. process information like, you know, do I want to spend more time than I need to in this game to keep advancing? Eh, I could do something else. Like, <laughs> do you want to put the work in or can I just click over here and find a hundred other people who more or less agree with the same thing I agree with? Like, okay, now I feel better. That person's just, I don't need to worry about that person. I, right. I think it's just sort of – it almost is like a time management thing of how do people want to spend their time. Yeah. I mean I, I think that's understandable at the same time. I mean the reason that you'll want to do it when you want to do it is because you have a, you know, a relationship with this person. So you know, we keep kind of coming back to that theme. If it's somebody in your family, if it's your neighbor, or even for me, if it's somebody that you really enjoyed spending time with, uh, you know, playing games online, like I haven't, you know, maybe you haven't met them in person or haven't seen them in 20 years, but there was still a connection. Like I do find myself wanting to take that time to sort of reach out to them and embrace that common ground. And again, this may just be me. I'm always off, <laughs> you know, being idealistic and trying to blaze trails and, you know, whatnot. But uh, I, I mean, to me, I do think this is a big part of where, you know, how we move forward more quickly. Like sometimes something happens and just things become overwhelming. Right. And you have like a huge jump forward on something like, I don't know, gay marriage comes to mind to me. Like there was a pretty short amount of time where like it went from like, this is not going to happen. We're going to pass amendments against it to like, it's everywhere. Like it's legal everywhere in the U S right. But most things tend to move more slowly than that. But I, and, but I think with that, which again, I some, certainly I something I obviously agree with that and I'm happy that's going forward. 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think there's a lot of resentment that still exists from people that that's a thing. And, well, of course. And I think those folks, I'm not excusing it, but I think there's a left behind aspect of just society and whole and whole has decided this is something that is okay and it's acceptable and it's just now part of our lives together. And there's mm-hmm. folks who are like, well, wait a second, not for me. And right. the majority's like, no, sorry, like we've moved on. That thought you have is invalid and uh, get over it. And they're like, well, wait, no, I still mm-hmm. believe this. And well, again, well, and more than that, they're, they're, pissed. yeah, they're angry, <laughs> and, which is how we yeah. kind of got to where we're at right now. And again, I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. right. I'm not saying that's a great thing. Uh, of course, I believe in equality of all forms. But I think coming back to your point, it's like, well, what do you do? Do you just keep going forward or you try to have conversations with those folks? There's, there's not exactly a middle ground you can find, you know? Um, it, I mean, I think it depends on the issue. Like, I think when it comes to, say, politics, there's a lot of middle ground once you start talking to people about these things. Um, not on – each specific issue, but sort of on, say, red team versus blue team as a whole. Um, you know, when it's a very specific issue, like gay marriage, and someone is, say, you know, a fundamentalist Christian, and this is just, you know, absolutely against their beliefs, and they, there's, you know, there, there may be no talking to that person or finding middle ground on something like that. But still sometimes you can sort of you can find that respect for each other while still disagreeing about you know that specific issue if that makes sense i think you can do that as a as a you know again privileged hetero white male but if you're not in that privileged status and this person is disagreeing yeah. with your lifestyle and your sure. personhood then mm-hmm. I don't I don't think there nor maybe should there be a willingness to be like well let's let's talk about this. Well, and and that's very understandable. Um, but I'm also aware of people that are able to find that respect for each other on a interpersonal level, even when they disagree about some pretty significant. To see each other as two basically human beings that have the same basic goals even if they wildly disagree on some things and that's that's a really hard thing to do and if i i I, you know without a doubt there's some issues for me personally that i just i would be unwilling to go there and i can certainly understand if somebody is dismissing you as sort of a right to exist right (laughs) you know that's kind of a non-starter um and and you know that's understandable, but I, I still think that most people out there aren't that dug in on their positions. Do you know what I mean? Even if they kind of think they are, because they had they you know they don't know someone of that background. Have you ever seen that? There's this this human library that you can I don't even know where it is, but that you can go and you can check out people. <laughs> It's an odd (laughs) odd way to phrase that. Yeah, but it's exactly what you do. And they have a specific area of 
expertise of their own personal background that they're willing to talk to you about like they're a holocaust survivor or they're whatever you know just tons and tons of different things um i think it's a really fascinating idea and i mean just wonder what it would be like if that was (laughs) if there was some way that was like part of every school's curriculum that you have to like you know meet with these people and kind of talk with them like where that would would leave people yeah i feel like we've gone to a dark place i I don't think it's a dark place i think it's kind of an important one no i you know I, i agree increasingly like people are dug into these camps and they are so vehement about what somebody decided to do with you know the eighth star wars movie that (laughs) you know they're gonna do ridiculous things like you know uh, it just be awful on the internet or uh, not in this star wars case specifically that i know but like call swat teams to your house and somebody ends up dead or you know just the you know it's it's not good and um it's easy as you said to sort of continue to exist in those bubbles and sort of self-reinforce that and ramp that up more and more and more and there's a lot of people out there that are very willing to let you do that because it um it allows them to (laughs) to to advance what they want to advance to have you be that way rather than you know finding common ground with people and bringing it full circle Mm -hmm. as we probably should wind down here soon yeah, I, I think about my son, and as he gets older, I mean, I definitely want to instill in him like values, things that I think are important. Certainly, respecting other people, having empathy, listening, like all these, you know, values that are important to me that I want him to be able to, you know, sort of quote unquote do the right thing. Um, and it's just, I don't know if having a child kind of clarifies your own values more often. I'm sure there's people who don't have children, and I was one of them for a long time, that felt pretty mm-hmm. confident in what their values are. Um, so I'm not trying to say that at all. Um, but trying to just model, like, here's how you treat people, and this is, we do this, we don't do that. It it makes some of this stuff a little bit more clear and at the same time is a little bit not frightening, but like where the hell is the world going? Like, I don't know. It's a, right. it's a little, it can be overwhelming. Um, I mean, my hope is that it's going overall in a good place. And I think there's, you know, some, some forces for, for change that are excellent. Um, but there also seems like a angry force of regression that is pushing back against that. And well, and and that if you want to if you want me to try to put the positive spin since you feel like we've kind of gone to a dark place, like <laughs> the, these pendulums tend to swing, right? Like you make these huge steps forward and there's these people that feel left behind and they yank it, try to yank it back the other way. Like even if they're not in the majority and if they're not in the majority, like they pull really hard to like try to make it go back and i i think that's kind of what we're having right now it's like there's a lot of people that are really concerned scared whatever that uh, by what's happening um even though maybe in like your opinion or mine they they shouldn't be that's how it feels to them but 
you know, that pendulum then will swing back the other way too. like it. In general, I feel like this this too shall pass for 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 most of these things. Which, again, is an easy, easier statement to make from a privileged vantage point. You know, I try to end it on a positive <laughs> note, and you just got to like <laughs> – no. uh, I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily a privileged vantage point. I mean, I, I think that's just sort of the, the way that the world tends to work, and um, – I don't say that to like be disrespectful to like anyone that is sort of on the front line of, you know, some issue that is really dearly important to them. Uh, And especially when it comes to something like equality, et cetera, like I'm a hundred percent behind them. So I don't want to just be like, well, yeah, you know, (laughs) you're going to get treated like a subhuman for a little while, but it'll swing back this way eventually. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there, there is sort of that natural progression of things that that progress is not a direct line that tends to you know waver along the way and i for me i just i think we're kind of at a at a point that a lot of people are are struggling with some of the progress and you know we'll, we'll get there well i think it's what you're talking about reminds me i think obama quoting martin luther king something to the extent of the the arc of history bends towards justice um which I think is kind of what you're saying is that these things ebb and flow and eventually we're hopefully getting to something that makes more sense for. Yeah. I, and I, people. I, I think that we, I think we will. Yeah. What an episode. <laughs> Start, it started right. out, you know, pretty mundane enough, but we got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you call this? <laughs> call it. Fallout and social justice. Wow. That's going to get the clicks right there. <laughs> add a question mark. Fallout and social justice? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Um, so, well, if folks uh, hung in here for this long, thanks for listening. We're I know we've said this before, but we're going to try to do this a bit more regularly. Yeah, I hope we will, and they, they need not be this long because our, our schedules don't always lend themselves to it. But I think if we can just make ourselves sit down and even do something shorter where one of us has like a hot take, if you will, and we talk about that and call it a day and get it up there a little bit more frequently. I, I don't know if that cuts down on your editing time enough to make it that part a little easier. But See, For those of you who don't know, that's a dig at me. <laughs> that's not a dig that that was being respectful of the fact that you do the editing right now and that's a time taking i do process. especially so at- i'm sitting here saying we can do this quick and get more out and then but you know that's not all that there is to yeah, it so. it just it um i try to kind of edit out some filler words and awkward pauses like right 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 now like right now is getting yes this is all is all hitting the floor <laughs> all hitting the floor um but yeah so some of the future topics we have i know we've talked quite a bit about underrated overrated bands yeah next time we're we're, we're gonna do it i just uh you know with all the things that have been going on had kind of put it down and didn't didn't adequately prep to really do it this time but um i, th- I hope that will be a fun conversation uh, there's gonna be a lot of things you disagree with i'm guessing 
but that's why it's fun, right? Potentially. Potentially, yes. Um, I, I hope there's going to be, you know, yelling at each other, like, pardon the interruption. Right. Just screaming. <laughs> what do you mean Skid Row is underrated? How is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'll be fun. Let's let's do that next time. I didn't time. Real, I, and I should know this, and maybe I forgot about it, but they're from New Jersey, which somehow I've overlooked all these years. Um, yeah, I feel like I knew that. What, what, what are you I doing over there? And they're, I don't know. Anyway, because I grew up in New Jersey, I should know these things. Uh, but we'll be back, and um, we'll have. Yep. Tune in next time where Mike tries to convince you on Striper. Nah, Seth, that's I don't know any I don't know anything about Striper. <laughs> now Queensryche. Now there's a conversation, but uh, I mean we can talk Queensryche. Uh, one of my first concerts. Nice, nice. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll leave them wanting more with that. So next time. Oh yeah, that time, that, that brought them on. Some music <laughs> and uh, we'll give it up. Well, happy All Father's right. Day, sir. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Yep.